Hey, this is Basil Jackson of the Calgary Stampeders, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. This is Santia Deck, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Welcome back, everybody, to the episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is uh, episode number 108, dedicated to a man who on June 29th, 1956, became the first high jumper to clear seven feet, Mr. Charles Dumas. And as always, thank you for sending and downloading to the episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we talk a little bit about baseball coming to a decision to play in 2020. Cam Newton got signed by the New England Patriots. Yes, he did. And if you haven't heard, Vince Carter has decided to call it quits. But first, before I get to the first topic of the day, there's an announcement that I want to make right now. I had the privilege of sitting down via Zoom and interviewing Mr. Ian Eagle of CBS, of TNT, of Yes Network, of the French Open. It's one, He's one of those gentlemen, he's a seasoned play-by-play broadcaster. If you have watched a game on television, there's a good chance you have heard him call a game I had the privilege of interviewing him, and that interview will be airing this coming Wednesday. So tell your family, tell your friends, tell all the sports fans you know that Jay and I have an an interview, and it will be airing on Wednesday here on the Jay Stevens Podcast. NASCAR, FBI, Bubba Wallace, Noose. You thought this was over? No, this ain't going nowhere. NASCAR, Bubba Wallace, Noose, FBI, Guys, this is all we have heard about for about a week now. About a week and a few days, that's all we have heard about from the first sign of the noose being found in the garage that Bubba Walls was assigned to at Talladega to the vote in a sign of unity from all the NASCAR drivers pushing Bubba Wallace's car to the front of the line to the interviews that Bubba Wallace has been doing to the FBI investigation to the FBI saying hey this rope has been tied like a noose in this way since I think it was October of 2019 and all of a sudden almost a full a full year nine months that 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 rope has been like that for that period of time Bubba Wallace was assigned this garage someone may have known that 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 rope was tied like a noose when they assigned Bubba Wallace that particular garage but the rest is history. We have all heard all the details surrounding this and I'm not trying to bore you. I'm not trying to be the guy that says, "Hey, Jay, I don't want to hear about the noose right now." So we're not going to talk about the noose. NASCAR, Jay has some words for you. NASCAR has been around, NASCAR was founded February 21st, 1948, 72, over 72 years ago. NASCAR, one of the only, if not the only, if not the only American sports organization, I would say it's the only one, where the Confederate flag has been flown at will, at free will, at races, and nobody has stopped it until 2020, 72 years after, 72 years after that it was founded. And so you think over a 72-year span, what has happened? 
Well, NASCAR has grown. NASCAR has grown in popularity. NASCAR has had different drivers come in and out of the circuit. NASCAR has different races. NASCAR has, is not, now has races in, in 48 of the 50 states and then also in three countries outside of the U.S. of A. So NASCAR has grown. Yes, the one thing NASCAR failed to do until 2020, until Bubba Wallace decided or actually uh, came forward and spoke up and said, hey, the Confederate flag has no room, has no place here in NASCAR. And NASCAR NASCAR back there, driver. NASCAR not once said, hey, the Confederate flag, nope, not going to do it. Now, you will say, Jay, some of the newer tracks, that's not the thing. That is great. That is great that some of the newer tracks, the Confederate flag is not flown at free will like the American flag is flown all over our great country. But one thing I will say about NASCAR, you could have nipped this in the bud a long time ago. The thought of a noose being in a garage, if somebody would have seen it, no matter the color, hey, you know what they would do? Take that thing down because they know what that is a symbol of here in our country for years, even now still to this day. People have used that type of knot. Yes, it's a knot. Have used that type of knot to take people's lives over and over and over and over again. For some reason, NASCAR failed to take out that flag. NASCAR failed to take out that sign of separation or uh, not being unified as a people. Yes, you know what you're going to see when you go to NASCAR as, as far as the type of race you're going to see. Yes, I'm not saying it is a uh, one race only, but a lot of those older tracks, there are people that will not go there because they know what that flag symbolizes to them in their head. Yes, Southern Heritage, one thing. Yes, it goes back to that Confederacy. Yes, I get all the ways that people may view the Confederate flag, but NASCAR, you're lucky right now that no fans are in the stands. Outside of Talladega, where that noose was found in that garage, yes, there are fans outside holding the Confederate flag proudly. To them, it's a heritage. To them, you're not going to take what is mine. But just you wait, NASCAR. Just you wait. Just wait until fans come back into the stands. Just you wait until you let people come back into the stands. I don't know if you're ready for the uproar and the media backlash that will come your way if fans start bringing and they start forcing flags, the Confederate flags, into the races. We know what's going to happen. These are people. They've been doing this their entire lives. 50, 60, 70 years old. You guys know the old saying. It's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. So you know what you have in NASCAR? A lot of older fans, old dogs, and they ain't about to learn. No new tricks. Hey, NASCAR. You could have nipped us in the bud a long time ago, but you didn't. Just you wait. I am going to be watching you with a fine-tooth comb and trying to see how you deal with the Confederate flag once fans start coming back into the stands. You're lucky now. It all seems clear now, but it's very it's already been shown. Your fans are not ready to give up that flag. They're not ready to take that thing away. So I'm watching you. I'm watching you very, very closely. What are you going to do? How are you going to handle this? Over a 72-year span, you didn't handle this very very well, and it took Bubba Wallace in 2020 to say, hey, the flag has no place at NASCAR, and you guys got behind him and agreed upon that. But what you going to do? <laughs> because you know fans are going to want to come back very, very soon. And as soon as they can, ah, y'all have a lot on your plate, and I don't know, just, just for your track record, I don't know, and I don't think you're ready for what's going to happen next. Let's go ahead and take a trip. To your favorite Major League Baseball team stadium. Yes, that park. Get it in your mind right now as I am speaking. Because before you know it, there will be baseball. Yes, baseball played in 2020. And your favorite team will be playing. 
for so many people and for so long, it seemed like we would never see a decision for baseball to just come together to get over themselves and play baseball in 2020. I was one of those people that thought we would not have a season. Someone actually asked me that listens to this podcast. They said, Jay, do you think there will be a baseball season this year? Now, the response, that's sad or sad, one of the two, but it's very short, very quick. They were just on the sad spectrum, and I was like, you guys are embarrassing yourself. You guys are just showing your true colors. You guys are making people believe or making people think that this will hurt baseball, which I don't think it will. You guys are making people think that the purists will hate you, which I think some of them will, but how many purists are still out there? Not that, not as many as the mainstream media will make you want to think. But guys, I, I was on that train. No baseball. There's not going to be baseball. Kind of coping with it, dealing with it. NBA got uh, NBA season got got suspended. Now it's going to return. So I was thinking, okay, the the thing that I look forward to every single every single summer, baseball, Major League Baseball on television, going to Cubs games, going to Reds games, going downtown Indianapolis to watch the Indianapolis Indians, the AAA affiliate of the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's what I look forward to every si- except for 2020. Nah, 2020 wasn't that year. Nah, 2020 said, nah, we ain't gonna help Jay. <laughs> oh, wait, no sorry, Bob. We ain't gonna help Jay. Jay and his friends, Jay and the people that he, that he knows, those people in America and around the world that love sports and love the game of baseball, we ain't gonna help y'all. No, no sorry, Bob. We are not going to help you. Well, all of a sudden, those people that thought there was no going to be no baseball, like myself, <laughs> we we were wrong. We are wrong. Baseball will be back, and I'm excited, guys. I'm really, really, really excited. Why? Because if something something on my television, I can make appointment t- appointment TV. That's not on Netflix. A Netflix series, documentary, that's appointment TV that fits into my schedule. Not when it's on TV and I have to be home and in my spot on my couch or somewhere else to watch that particular game. No, Netflix appointment TV and sports appointment TV are two totally separate things. You know, normally, normally when the ESPYs is on, it's somewhat appointment TV, not not exactly appointment TV, but somewhat where I will know when it's on. I will click over every now and then. I'm not a big awards show guy, but when your ESPYs are on, I will watch them back and forth, back and forth. One of those things that is appointment TV. Well, the 2020 ESPYs, I had no idea they moved it up. The 2020 ESPYs, I had no idea what the format was going to be because I just kind of forgot about it. I said, oh, the ESPYs is not going to be until um, July, middle of July, after the All-Star break. So that's what I'm used to. But all of a sudden, no, I heard, and I was on a, I was a guest on a podcast recently, and one of the co-hosts said, oh, Jay, are you going to watch the ESPYs? I said, what do you mean am I going to watch the ESPYs? The ESPYs is not till July. He said, oh, yeah, normally, under normal circumstances, it's, in, it's after the All-Star break, the Major League Baseball All-Star break. But this year, due to COVID-19 and having to rearrange programming and having to rearrange a lot of things, just like they did with the documentary uh, series and string of those that they're playing on ESPN, yeah, they had to move up and change the date of the ESPY. So in my own appointment TV head, yeah, I was waiting until July, not the ESPYs now. Did I watch the ESPYs? No. Why? Because in, in June, it wasn't really appointment TV. I switched to it. These virtual things that have been going on, yes, they're great, and that is good that they can actually do that to get content out. 
But the ESPYs was not one of those things that I was like, ah, oh, gosh, I want to watch a virtual award show. So I, don't get, you can get mad at me. I, I know it's just it's just Jay. It's just how I operate. Not a big award show guy, but you want to see a virtual award show that puts that thing further back in my mind, and I don't want to really pay much attention to that. But baseball is back. Teams will report to training camp July 1st. And actually, one interesting, interesting thing about that, training camp will be hosted in host cities. So you all know normally it's Florida. It is Arizona where training camp normally is, where teams go to their respective respective sites and homes for spring training. Not this year. It'll be hosted in their home cities and, and for all 30 teams. Training camp will last for two weeks. And the season will last from July 23rd until September 29th. The World Series will end at the end of October because everybody knows, even more so this year, NBA is going to be more big time right now in October, not just because of the NBA Finals, NBA Free Agency, and with it being how, with us being so thirsty, I will say that word, with us being so thirsty to have sports back this year, baseball knows they can't go deep into, they don't want to go into November, they really don't want to go into, into October. Why? College football and NFL, baby, you don't want to touch that if you're trying to get big ratings. <laughs> no, sir. Now, you may say, Jay, yes, every single year, um, the, the World Series and the postseason, it's always that late into the year. Okay, true. But this year's a little bit different, and baseball knows we can't touch it. In, on a normal year, we can't touch them. But in this year, where there's been no sports, where there's been nothing all year, and oh my goodness, this and this came out before Cam Newton got signed by the New England Patriots. We will definitely get back to, we will definitely get that, get to that in a little bit. That actually changed the agenda for the day. But hey, that's sports. Be on your toes. Be quick. Be able to adapt to whatever is going on. And Cam threw me a curveball, and I knocked it out the park this time. Cam Newton there. So baseball, there have been some uh, some rule changes as well. The playoff structure will remain the same in baseball. Let me backtrack. In baseball, there were some talks about some uh, rearranging the order of baseball and rearranging uh, the playoff structure. Now that's going to be the same. One rule change that I'm actually uh, that I kind of like actually is the universal DH. And some of you may know I was on a few podcasts recently. The two B. To be blunt, with PZ podcast, it was a live show on Facebook. Uh, you can fi- even find some of that some of that on on the YouTube as well. And then also, final score: Craig Campbell, who has been on this podcast recently, was on this podcast. Gosh, I want to say earlier this year, um, he had me on his pod on his show, a live Facebook show. Craig Campbell, Chris Everett. The Final Score on Facebook, on YouTube, PC and Final Score on YouTube. Check it out. It's about a 45-minute interview. You can get some of this in a different variety, a different uh, flow when I'm not the one asking the questions or hosting and leading the conversation, but I'm the one that's being interviewed. So it's fun. I love that aspect. Go, Go ahead there and check it out. But baseball, the Universal DH, one thing I mentioned with the Universal DH was normally I am a guy, I like tradition in sports. Love it. College football, I'm not a big fan of them changing the Civil War, the name of the Oregon-Oregon State football rivalry. Oh, if you haven't heard, yes, the Oregon-Oregon State football rivalry. That name changed. Cancel culture. You can be, you, you can decide what side of the fence you are on that. But I, I, I was kind of up, on the, up in the air about the Universal DH. Do you know, I want to eliminate pitchers from pitching, or do I want pitchers to pitch simply because they have done it forever and ever and ever and ever? Well, 
I came to my senses. When I watch a game, and I talked about this when I had D- Danny Vietti on. When I watch a game, what do I look for? What 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 is there a time when I zone out? If I see that the pitcher's going up the bat, restroom break. Restroom break. Forget it. Not gonna happen. Re- oh, you want some popcorn? Come on, Pops, let's go. No, not for, come on, Pops. Dad, don't go. Hey, give me your money. Come on, let's go. That, that's more like it. Give me your money. Let's go. Or excuse me, no. The, the, it, it, this is more like it. What you want, Dad? I got you. I got you, Dad. What you want? You want a popcorn and you want a drink because you ain't paying? Ha! Pops, I got you. I got you, man. Big money, big spender. I got you. So normally when p- pitchers are pitching, very similar to the um, original PAT line in, in football, but when they're when the pitchers are up to hit, Nobody pays attention at all. Nobody does anything. You kind of just sit there. You kind of just, uh, it's a pitcher. He ain't going to hit a home run. If he gets a hit, it'll be a single. Plot boring. Boring baseball. Well, baseball finally came around to a sentence that said, hey, this is a great time for us to change some things here in baseball. The universal DH. So all you National League fans that love the pitchers getting up to pitch and love when a, when a pitcher hits a long ball, yes, that's great. That's fun to watch. But for the most part, what happens? They bat 100, they bat 125, they're not doing much at all, if that high, if that high. Some may get 175, it's like, oh yeah, he's a good hitter for for a pitcher. Now, so to change the game up, to change things up, this is a great time, the universal DH, every inning, another addition, this one I don't like, every inning after the ninth, we'll start with a runner on second base. Why, 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 why? That, there was nothing wrong with extra inning games. I understand you want to speed up the process so games don't go very long. I understand that. But at the same time, there is nothing wrong with the format of baseball and extra innings. Why? Because extra innings is just like the previous innings. You're not changing the format of, of, uh, of the baseball game. You're just extending the original format to get to a winner. That's it. Why, do I like that? Absolutely not. Not at all. Another one. Each relief pitcher must face at least three batters. Okay. Speed up the... Uh, okay, a little bit more strategy there. You know, sometimes guys may come in, not even finish a, a full batter, and, and then get taken out of the game. One batter get taken out of the game. I can kind of understand that, baseball. I, I get it. Another one. Due to COVID-19... Pitchers can use a wet rag to keep their fingers moist in lieu of licking their fingers. You know, you got to be very, very careful. Uh, there are different rules out there that will eliminate you and restrict you from things you are going to do normally to keep your uh, hands moist and to keep your normal routine with pitching. The same routine that you started when you may, or maybe uh, five, six, seven years old playing Little League Baseball. Yeah, that routine. Now you're 28 years old. You're, you're, you're a vet in the game. Yeah, you got to change your routine. You got to change what you do. Due to COVID-19 and precautions, some things that you may like, you may not, some changes to this season. No high fives, no fist bumps, no hugs, no spitting. And and players and managers are discouraged from showering after games at the ballpark. You know, things we have to do to change due to COVID-19. One thing that I noticed that was very interesting, a COVID-19 precaution, that I think will be very, very difficult. Now, I, I I do get it, man. No fist bumps, no high fives. I mean, it's, it's, it may happen. I just hope they don't get fined. No spitting. It's probably going to happen. No hugs. I mean, you mean, I mean if, I'm, I'm, if, if a guy hits a home run 
if a guy hits a home run and uh, it's a game winner, grand slam, no hugs, no high fives, just 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 air air high five, you know the 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 distance hug that some people do just as a joke. Yeah, no, 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 that's not a joke. That's a reality. We're doing that for right now in baseball. But one rule that I ended up tweeting out sun, uh, Sunday morning actually. And stated that it was going to be very interesting, an interesting rule that I noticed when looking up different rules for baseball in this time period. It goes like this. Any player or manager who comes within six feet of an umpire or an opponent during a dispute will be ejected and could be fined or suspended. I'm going to be very, very curious to watch and see how teams handle disputes. We all, we all know it. Sometimes in division games, we've seen the Reds, and I think it's the Reds and the Pirates, getting a few scuffles uh, over the years, over the recent, in recent memory, actually. So I'm going to be very, very curious with you playing primarily teams in your division and then also teams in the other division or the same part of your country. So I'm a Cubs fan. Uh, NL Central, they'll play, that's, the, the, that's who the Cubs will play the most. And then you will have the AL Central. That will be the other geographic region that those in the NL Central play. And then NL and AL West, NL and AL East, those will be the brackets, the geographic regions that those teams will play at the, in this season to restrict the amount of travel and how far you're going in distance to play games. But I'm very, very curious when you're playing that many, uh, that many division games and that's such a short amount of time, but you're not getting the normal amount of rest that you normally get. I'm going to be very, very curious to see how that rule goes into effect, how that full rule is put into practice, because we all know, we all have seen those people. We all have seen those people that when things get, don't go their way, they get in somebody else's face and let that individual know exactly how they feel. It's baseball. It's kind of that unwritten rule. When one player gets into it, all the bench is clear, only a few fines, a few suspensions are handed down, and everybody goes, goes on about their way. Well, I'll be very, I'll say it again, very, very, very curious to see what players defy that rule, knowing they're defying that rule, and they go in the post-game press conference and explain why they're defying that rule. Ha, those post-game press conferences, those in-game situations, those are going to be part of the reasons to watch this season. It's going to be a sprint, 60 games in a short amount of time, and then right into the postseason, the normal postseason that we're normally used to seeing, not changing things up like basketball. Guys, baseball is back. We can finally hear those two words that we have longed to hear for so long, play ball. So Sunday night, I am hanging out with my buddy Mark and his wife, Olivia, talking about some things that are going on in our country uh, via social injustice and the racial issues that are going, that are being exposed right now that have been here for way too long. But for some reason, it took all of this, the sequence of events to lead up to the boiling point where people are like, oh, wow, it is the way it is that way. I've heard about this all my life, but I didn't really realize. But wow, I could, I, I, I understand, or I, I think I understand. Well, I, I don't understand, but I want to understand it. I know I'll, I'll never understand, but I, I kind of want to see what you mean, Jay. And this is put this in context. And while we're talking about the situation, uh, I am black, as you know. Then Mark and Olivia, they are white, so they, it's, they're very curious about what's going on in our country and who else to talk to than. They're black friend Jay, so I will I will gladly wear that hat right now in their lives as a black gentleman that they can talk to about issues, and we can have a a comfortable dialogue, a comfortable discussion about the things going on in our country, and some things that they've experienced in their lives. 
But while I'm talking, now granted, what I tell you, I'm talking, I mean, my phone's buzzing, now looking at it, uh, Snapchat's going, Twitter's going, uh, things are going off my phone, notifications, not paying attention at all. Then all of a sudden, I'm about an hour late to this party, and I say, when I say party, you'll understand what I'm saying here in a second. I'm about an hour late to this party, I'll pull my phone out, and I look up, and it said Cam Newton got signed by the Patriots. And, and literally, my first initial thought was, this can't be real. This, this, this can't be real. And Garrett Grandy, who's been on this podcast, who will be on in the future, he sent me a message that said, OMG. I think, I'm pretty sure that's what it said. OMG. And I'm like, uh, okay, um, this is interesting. And then another, another podcaster, Mr. Jason Gallishaw, he ended up texting me and said, what do you think about the Cam Newton signing? And I'm sitting here thinking, like, are, are y'all serious? Like, I literally thought I was seeing things on my phone when it said Cam Newton, Patriots, one-year deal. That's the gist of the notification. Cam Newton, New England Patriots, one-year deal. Ex- excuse me? You mean to tell me that Bill Belichick is going to take on this project? You mean to tell me that Bill Belichick is going to take on a guy who gets hurt all the time? You mean to tell me that you're gonna that Bill Belichick is going to take on this guy? Yeah. Jay, have you looked at his roster? You have Brian Hoyer. You have Jared Stidham. What is Brian Hoyer? He is a backup. He is a career backup. I sure hope that man does not start a game, but there's a good chance he might. You know, if Cam gets hurt and Jared Stidham gets hurt, hey, Brian, you're the guy. So you have Brian Hoyer. You have Jared Stidham, who a lot of people have a belief in. A lot of people think, not because they know, they think there is a sign of a, of good things to come with Mr. With Mr. Jared Stidham. So all of a sudden, they're, they're saying, okay, cool. Uh, we got Brian Hoyer. We got Jared Stidham. Uh, we don't have a seasoned quarterback. We don't have a veteran in the game. We, who are we going to call on? Who are we going to trust in late game situations? Uh, none other than Cameron Newton. Cameron Newton. And I am a gentleman. I don't know if I'll, how much I have voiced this here on the podcast. But when it comes to Cameron Newton, I am not the biggest fan. I think the post game, the press conference, the way that he is portraying himself in, on social media and how he has been throughout his whole career. I mean, even going back to Auburn, there were issues with him there in college football. I get it, man. And that's part of the reason why I've never been a, the biggest Cameron Newton fan. I would not say he is not a great talent. I would not say that. But Cameron Newton, when I put that with the player and the person, Jay Stevens is not a big fan. However, however, if this time off, with the injuries that, that he had, even though they were they were drastic, you almost say kind of, they were drastic. With the injuries that he had and the time he had to, to, to lay off and how he's uh, portraying himself, we already know he's a workout warrior, so the, putting the videos out there is not changing anyone's mind saying that he is a workout warrior. But what it's showing to people that read into those type of videos, hey, man, I can do this thing. Hey, man, I am in shape. Uh, the surgery went well. Uh, the time off went well. I am good. And, and all of a sudden, I'm thinking, okay, cool, cool, cool Cam. Oh, great. Okay, great. Go ahead. All those guys are the social media guys. That's a small percentage of guys here in America. Even though the media wants you to think everyone believes what they see on social media, that's not the case. And so Cameron Newton, okay, man, great, man. Who's, who's going to fall for this? There will be coaches that fall for this, but not Bill Belichick. Bill's above this. Bill Be- but he did. <laughs> Bill Belichick, I don't, I, I don't believe he fell for the videos. I don't believe that. Uh, being a little funny at that little facetious. But at the same time, I do believe that Bill Belichick had some serious conversations with Cam Newton. I believe Bill Belichick had some, uh, quote unquote, come to Jesus meetings with Cam Newton. Because there is a Patriot way. 
there is a way that the Patriots have ran themselves that they have built up this organization to be the well-oiled machine. It's uh, if you come in and you don't like it, you, you don't fit in, get out. I mean, uh, before we before you think you're washed up and you can't play with us anymore, I know what's going to come next, and you're going to be out of here. You're going to be you're going to be shipped you're going to be shipped away. Uh, got up out the paint, whatever phrase you want to use. That's the things that are happening there in New England. So Cam Newton, Cameron Newton, there in New England. I think it's a good fit for him if he can change his ways. I think it's a good fit for him. Honestly, if Cam can stay healthy and Bill and Josh McDaniels can formulate an offense that surrounds uh, Cameron Newton the way, and I, I know I know his name's Cam, I know we call him Cam, but I'm going to call him by his legal name right now, Cameron Newton. If if they can formulate a way an offense that fits him and suits his skill set the best, and if they can if they can corral him to not be so risky, to not be the guy that is running into danger or uh, inflicting pain on defenders, which it could as well inflict pain onto himself hey I will say Cam Newton Cameron Newton this could be a really 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 good fit there are Patriots fans Gary Gary Grandy being one of them Bobby Thompson who was on this podcast recently uh, about a few months ago him being one of them as well guys these are people that are happy excited for not just because they're Cam Newton fans but also because they know what Cam can do when healthy not the most accurate of passers no but do it using his arm that he has, which is good when it's utilized properly, and utilizing the body and the legs that he was blessed with. Yes, Cameron Newton can be a good asset, can be a vital asset to the New England Patriots. Now, someone asked me, do you think Cam will change who he is? And this is kind of the wording is different. But will Cam change who he is to fit Bill Belichick and to work with Bill Belichick? I don't think so. And I, I, I think I believe I responded to something like this. It was kind of a short response because I had other things going at that time. But something like this. Why would Cam change? Cam has been this way for a long time. Why would he change now? The reply came back. The same thing was with Randy Moss. And I'm thinking, okay, that's, that's a great comparison. That's a great comparison. Better player, Randy Moss, than Cameron Newton at their positions. If you think Randy Moss is not a way better quarter, uh, way better wide receiver than Cam Newton is at a quarterback at their positions, only comparing them at what they've done at the positions that they play in football, I would want you to check the tape. That's all I would say. Check the tape. The rest is history. But Randy Moss did go to New England and change his ways. He was a lot more mature. He went at a time in his career that he had already been in the NFL for a long time. I believe it was his ninth or tenth year in the NFL. So he knew at that time, hey, I can be this guy that I was before, or I can change and try to win a ring. And ultimately, what did you find? You saw on two separate occasions, Randy Moss was on a team that was in the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, he didn't win a team, but he was more mature at that time because over time, as you get more years in the NFL, when you're more seasoned at your, at your craft, you end up maturing. But Cam Newton, do I really think he's going to change? Patriots fans, you will not like this. You probably will not like this at all. Tweet me, email me, whatever it is. Let your voice, keep, let your voice be heard. Um... Whatever it is, Cameron Newton, do I think he's going to change? No, no, I don't. I, I don't. Uh, I think Cam Newton has shown his true colors way too many times, and I don't think that's this is the time that uh, this that this will take place. It could. I would love to be proved wrong. I would love for Cam Newton to, to mature not be the gentleman that he has been for so long in his career off the field. Even on the field, there are things that Cam needs to change. I don't think he's going to change those now, but if he does, more power to him. I, I would love to see it. But also, one thing that happened on Sunday, Sunday evening, this came down around 8.30. They got 
penalized. You, you guys know back last season when they were at when uh, the Bengals were playing and there was a, a Patriots staff up in the press box filming the sideline. Yeah, the Patriots got fined. Get, well, they, yes, they got punished and they got fined for that. This tweet went out. The NFL hands de- has has handed down penalties for the Patriots following the investigation of the filming of the Bengals sidelines, as Mike Reese noted. $1.1 million fine, lost a third-round draft pick next year. Team production crews can't fill games this upcoming season. Basically a slap on the wrist. We get Cam Newton. Low risk, Harvey Board, you're going to slap me with the $1 million fine and the crews and all this other stuff that basically, when it, in the grand scheme of things, don't make sense and nobody really cares about. They make sense, kind of, but they don't make sense. Hit them harder. If you if you want to punish the Patriots, hit them harder. If you want to punish the team, hit them harder. Because if you don't, they're going to keep doing this thing over and over and over and over again. And also, when it comes to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, there will be dark spots, clouds over their careers regarding cheating and this being one of them. Cam Newton goes to a new team. And I'm excited, very excited to see what's going to happen next with Cameron Newton with this upcoming season in his career. Does he change or does he not change? The rest is to be determined. Now, Cam Newton going to a good a new team is great. Well, there's a gentleman by the name of Vince Carter, Vincent Carter, if you want to go by government names, who is no longer in the team and playing in the league that he has played in for so many years. Yes, Vince Carter has finally Decided to call it quits. We have all seen this coming for, I think, the past three to four years. Now, we have seen Vince Carter be on ESPN more, be on the jump more, working with his cousin, Tracy McGrady, who he also used to play basketball with as teammates, working with Paul Pierce, working with Rachel Nichols, working with uh, Richard Jefferson, guys that he played against that he, that they had fierce battles with on the court. But at the same time, when they're at ESPN or when they're on site at a game or wherever they may be, they are colleagues. They are guys that enjoy each other's company, and they are very, very good gentlemen. Well, Paul Pierce may be the, the exception. He is good. I, I'm not saying he's not. But these are guys that are very good at just adopting and moving on. Now, Paul Pierce may be the one. His takes may not be. Meh, Paul Pierce takes it a little off, little, little phase, little, little fuzzy, little hazy. Not sure what's going on. Not sure what's in his system at the time. But once again, one thing I will let everyone know: transitioning from basketball to TV, it's not as easy as you think. Being in TV, being a being a podcaster, being a host of anything, no matter if it's sports, uh, movies, if you're a critic, it doesn't matter. It's not easy. So Paul Pierce gets a bad rap. But remember, he's doing a job that he's striving to get better at. And a lot of people that are criticizing him couldn't do his job at all. But back to Vince Carter. I remember when I was a kid. I, I go back to being a kid quite a bit. When I was a kid, Vince Carter was the dunker. 2000 NBA dunk contest and for some reason in my memory this is one of those dunk contests that I don't remember watching live now I'm sure that I did with me being the junkie that I am for uh for dunk contests it's weird but for some reason I don't remember watching this one live I knew I do know I didn't watch the all-star game live I don't know what was going on in my life at that time to where I didn't watch the dunk contest the three-point contest the the rookie challenge and I believe it was around at that time and then also didn't don't believe watching the all-star game it's also one of the few all-star games that I didn't that I don't remember I remember I remember taping at the back of VHS time not really yeah age myself whatever uh but the VHS time 
I remember I used to tape them all the time. The 98 All-Star Game and the 01 All-Star Game, I watched that like crazy. Two of my favorite All-Star Games that I've ever watched in history. I used to over and over and over and over and over again. I used to watch those tapes. And I used to be like, wow, guys. Wow, this is fun. I, I love watching this stuff. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, the 01 with that phenomenal finish with Stephon Marbury, two threes on the right side of the court. Man, it is amazing amazing but for some reason the 2000 all-star game i don't remember watching it live i don't remember uh having a vhs tape to go back and, re- and re-watch that thing like i had done so many times throughout my childhood but that 2000 all-star game i mean dunk contest i mean if you have not watched i know there may be some youngsters here that may not be watching this at all and my buddy jason wall listens listens to this quite a bit and his kids may not have watched that dunk contest, I will say, hey, Jason, put that thing on YouTube, have your boys watch it, and then have them come talk to Jay the next time they see him. Like, wow, Jay, check that out. Yes, guys, it's one of the best ones you'll see, not just because of Vince Carter, but you had Tracy McGrady, you had Stephon Marbury, no, excuse me, not Stephon Marbury, Stevie Franchise, St- Steve Francis, who were just doing things out of this world. And in any other dunk contest, Steve Francis may have won, but Vince Carter was there. Woo-hoo-wee, that 360 windmill, man, blew the top off. But Vince Carter wasn't just a dunker. At the beginning of the time, at that time, he was viewed as a dunker. But Vince Carter, 20-point-a-game guy. Vince Carter, that was uh, one of the leaders of a, of a Nets team that went to the NBA Finals. Vince Carter, a guy that when it came down to it, he was an all-star. He was one of the best. This was at a time period when shooting guards were the spot. You know how now... <clears throat> You know how now, small forwards, a lot of them, point guards, there's a lot of them. Well, at this time in NBA basketball, it was all about the shooting guard. If you didn't have a top shooting guard or a competitive shooting guard, no, your team wasn't going to compete. Not at all. And at this time period, you you did realize that. You realized that very, very well. The shooting guard position was amazing. And then Vince Carter, as he transitioned in his career, what we ended up seeing that, and as I mentioned on another podcast recently, his knees gave out. And as his knees gave out, what did he do? And as so many players do or do not do, some have the, you have the option. Do I adjust to my new body to and then adjust my playing style to fit my new body? Or do we just call it quits early? He adjusted his playing style, adjusted his mind. And we saw, quote unquote, Grandpa Vince out there with the players being a coach on the bench. I mean, he was literally not playing much at all, not really getting much run, being literally the old man on the team that was kind of grooming and helping the young players mature. And it's very weird and odd to think about it, but this is reality. There were players in the latter parts of Vince Carter's career that weren't alive when he was at North Carolina. That weren't alive when he came in and he dunked over seven-footer in the Olympics. That weren't alive for the 2000 NBA a uh, dunk contest. They, they know nothing about the New Jersey Nets and how good they were in the early 2000s when Vince Carter was on the squad. So it's it's crazy to think about how young these players are now, but Vince Carter's like, hey, I know they don't know nothing about me, but all I can do is help them be better pros. I can be- help them be better young men. And that's what he did. And finally, at a time that some people thought it would have come last year, three years ago, five years ago, 2020 COVID-19. We all thought it was going to happen before last year, but with COVID-19 being the way that it is, hitting us this hard, Vince Carter is gone. Let me tell you guys, this is one of those guys that uh, going back to last year, excuse me, early, early in his career, I, I didn't know how long he would last because at that time players didn't last as long, even if they went to a, uh, a, a diminished role like this one. I mean, we saw Ron Harper uh, change his career from the Cleveland Cavaliers Ron Harper until to seeing the Chicago Bulls Ron Harper and then seeing the Los Angeles Lakers Ron Harper. 
two completely different players, but two guys that are very, very important to the success of their team. And Vince Carter was the same way. It's unfortunate that he didn't transform and didn't go to a team that was a contender that would still be playing in the Orlando bubble to contend for an NBA championship this season. But one thing we can say we can do, Vince Carter great for the game Vince Carter a gentleman that was great for the team that he played on and there's a good chance that Vince Carter will be great in the next career adventure that he goes on thank you for listening to the episode of the Jay Stevens podcast as always you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07 if you're not on Twitter you'd love to connect with the podcast see your emails to jstevenspod at gmail.com Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for new podcasts, listen to, to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode number one, be sure to let people know about the podcast. This, this has been episode 108 of the JSTMS Podcast. I'll see you next time.